Welcome to episode 22 of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. Your knuckle okay? What's that? Your knuckle okay? Why would my knuckle not be okay? I thought she hit it on the table. Uh, no, I think I just hit my fingertip okay. on the table, but I appreciate your concern. Okay. As you can hear, I am joined by my friend Brent. I don't like being introduced first. Well, sorry. You introduced yourself by <laughs> by your unwanted concern, <laughs> as well as uh, as well as ski, of course. Hello. Is your hand okay? Oh, yeah. My, my hand is okay. Thank you. I really do appreciate you. you know. He plays with pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not... This this podcast will go on, even though I've probably broken my knuckle. You're a hero. Yeah, I, you're I, a hero. I'm basically like the Michael Jordan of Golden Girls podcast. I would say John Stockton. He played a lot more injured. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. That's a big downgrade. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that uh, John Stockton's still a legend, but going from Jordan down Two to Stockton. Two all-time records that will likely un- be unbroken. Listen, I'm glad that I'm giving the assist <laughs> out to everybody, but, you know, I want to score a couple buckets myself. Understood. So. Understood. Right. They both hold the record for not being Larry Bird. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is true. They're a lot both, of people tied for that one. <laughs> yeah, they can both tout that they're not the seventh best player in NBA history. So. <laughs> <laughs> or wherever Bird might place below first. But anyways... Uh, as always, we'll go ahead and start <laughs> off with a recap of the episode and then uh, move our way into our picks for the MVPs as well as our ratings uh, for this uh, quest to find the greatest episode of the entire series. So with that, I'll go ahead and turn it over to Ski for the recap. All right. Uh, like you said, it was episode 22. Uh, the episode title is Job Hunting. The original air date was March 8th, 1986. Written by Kathy Spear and Terry Grossman and directed by Paul Bogart. And uh, we kind of open. We see Blanche singing in the uh, kitchen while cutting up some veggies. Uh, Sophia enters and checks the fridge for what she's looking for, pepperoni, but she cannot find any. Did either of you have any idea what that song was that Blanche no. was singing? I no, tried I to look it up it. and I couldn't find. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't quite even make out the words that she was saying. It sounded <laughs> yeah. like Sweet Kentucky Babe or yeah. something like that, but I... I it was not at all familiar to me, and I couldn't find a, a reference, at least with what I could make out. Yeah. I didn't even look up that one. I was disinterested. <laughs> yeah. And it does make me wonder, because it wasn't saying well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like there was a time earlier in the season where Sophia was singing, and mm-hmm. it also was not not very good. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder, Rue McClanahan, is she, or was she a, a, a below-average singer herself, or was she playing that you know, in her... I don't know. Southern way to also not sound very yeah. good. I don't, yeah, I don't know which way she was going for that. Yeah, it well, wasn't good, good either way you go. But, oh, yeah, of course. They're, <laughs> you know, basically like Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire. So. Exactly. I don't, unless, Sometimes you just can't do it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless she was just intentionally singing bad to hide the fact that they were singing from the public domain. <laughs> yeah, could be. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know if they had the algorithms back then to <laughs> go through and automatically get them charged. But <laughs> so. It's a pretty popular show. Right. So we know Sophia's looking for her pepperoni. Yes. So uh, Blanche. Yeah. <laughs> Say what? Aren't we all? <laughs> uh, Blanche offers uh, her some of the celery she's making and uh, stuff with cottage cheese. But uh, Sophia declines saying that she can't eat cottage cheese because it, quote, repeats on me. What does that mean? Do you think it means to give you gas so you burp and it repeats in that way? Or I would assume. Yeah, I was right. guessing heartburn. Yeah. Like it comes back later. Kind of, mm, okay. Just kind of. The acid reflux, yeah, thing. something like that. Yeah, Possibly. made made sense with the uh, weird phraseology. See, it made sense to me. It makes sense to me for that, but I would think that pepperoni is a far more heartburn inducing kind thing. of a, a maybe food if than, you're uh, Italian, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's Sicilian blood. Yeah, <laughs> you're just stock full of pepperoni in your in your system. So anything anything other than pasta just doesn't sit well. Well, I will say, I always thought, now I don't get heartburn often, but I would have always thought that like, oh, a cup of milk or something would be good to, mm-hmm. you know, but I guess dairy is bad for heartburn. So that does check out in that regard, but so is pepperoni. So. <laughs> and so, yeah, she says, repeats on me. Uh, Dorothy enters and then cheerfully asks Sophia how she's doing uh, and is given the same gripe about the fact that there's no pepperoni. Uh, she tells her not to worry and that she's defrosted some chicken that will be ready in a half hour. Uh, Sophia gives her the same concern, saying that chicken repeats on me. <laughs> right. Yeah, which, again, that again that doesn't really add back up to 
either a gassy food or no, a yeah. heartburn inducing food. But and and chicken's really not that similar to either. Yeah, I just think she didn't want. She just really wanted that pepperoni. You know. <laughs> well, and then she don't uh, we all exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> we're always looking. So. And then she even says, you know, don't uh, you don't have to give any uh, excuses if you don't want it. Just uh, you know, tell me so. And she says, okay, I, I want pepperoni. I don't want your chicken. She also says, oh, Dorothy asks Blanche if she wants uh, some uh, veggie plate, but uh, she declines. Uh, she says she's put on three pounds, and Sophia adds, on each side. <laughs> uh, but Blanche claims that she uh, used to have a waist like Scarlett O'Hara, but Dorothy reminds her that the uh, character and the waistline were both fiction. Yeah, I think she said an 18-inch waist. which Something like that. I, I, you know, I guess I don't really know. I, I would assume 18 inches would be... I don't know, a child size waist <laughs> because I very wouldn't think. Very small, I would guess. I mean, I at least know a very thin man would have maybe a 28, 29 inch waist. Because it's circumference, right? It's yeah. And so I would think 18 would be like Barbie doll type proportions. <laughs> um, so uh, Just then Rose enters and it is, is clearly upset saying that it's terrible, just terrible. Uh, Dorothy insists that she sit down and tell them what's wrong. And Sophia uh, and asks Sophia to get her some water. Uh, Sophia kind of scoffs at the idea, stating that nobody has ever gotten excited or been uh, made to feel better when they're upset just by getting some water, which I don't know. That That is kind of a standard thing to get someone a beverage. Well, I think that if somebody is Especially they're in talking. certain kinds of distress, yeah, but I don't know. I think if somebody's sad or you know grieving yeah i don't really i would i would kind of agree that a cup of water is not the best <laughs> the best offer for that um now if you if someone was coming in and they were like i don't know looking like they were in physical distress then yeah i think a cup of water is pretty standard. maybe some hot cocoa would be better you think or? yeah or, or you yeah know, you do a lot of coffee you know it's like some alcohol or something like that i mean mm-hmm. you know but grab but, a bump yeah exactly <laughs> yeah do you want to want to do a quick line <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so then she she leaves the room, telling Dorothy to come get her when dinner is ready. I was gonna say, I just think that you know, a quick line is probably done more often in Miami than some hot cocoa. Oh, well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even in the old folks community that they may live in, yeah, yeah. probably wouldn't have to go too far to yeah. find your local dispensary. Scarface probably down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give mm-hmm. them a direct uh, line. So uh, Rose explains to Dorothy and Blanche that she is. Not worried about herself, but all those other people. And that the grief counseling uh, center that Rose is working at had been closed. Uh, the girls are quick to point out that now she's out of a job. Uh, and in just a few weeks, the lack of income could definitely lead to some serious complications. Uh, Blanche adds, uh, thank God I had the foresight to marry for money. Dorothy quickly snaps back, tramp. <laughs> uh, Rose insists that her main concern is for the people that were left without grief counseling that they needed when the center closed. Uh, she says she, she's confident that she could get a job, uh, stating that her qualifications, dependability, friendly, loyal, eager. And then Dorothy kind of equates that with uh, a gold retriever. I think she said something like, great, if we could just teach her how to catch a Frisbee in her mouth. Mm-hmm. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it was nice that given that Rose is going through a difficult time that that Dorothy did at least wait for her to leave the room. <laughs> to, right, right. <laughs> to take that shot. So we change scenes here, and we see we see Dorothy uh, walking down, <coughs> excuse me, walking down to the lanai. Do we think it's odd that a you know a grief counselor was just totally bereft? Well, <laughs> I mean, we've established she's not that good at her job. Yeah, no, and, and as the episode goes on, it really raises questions to me about this center that she works for in general. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it seems like she should be able to handle her own grief a little mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Well, I got some side notes on what you're just saying. So. Okay. Dorothy walks out in the middle of the night with a magazine and a drink. Uh, she sits down and realizes, you know, kind of looks up and says, sees a man sitting in a chair next to her. Uh, she introduces herself really nicely and tells him that she lives here. And they have a kind of a funny exchange back and forth. And she basically asks, why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he tells her that, his, or he tells her that his name is uh, Milton and he is learning to get in touch with his emotions. Uh, Rose enters and explains that Milton is from the center and uh, that she's helping them to find another counseling center. Mm-hmm. Uh, after giving them some information on a new private counseling service, she kind of escorts them out uh, not to, and says not to hesitate calling any time, day or night. Dorothy, hearing this, has a bit of a sour face, <laughs> clearly not liking the sound of day or night. 
Upon leaving, Rose uh, kind of refers to him as a royal pain in the butt, mm-hmm. which is great mm-hmm. after she just told him to call anytime. Yeah, well, the whole scene, you know, I guess I looked at Rose as maybe being more or less a suicide hotline type worker, mm-hmm. you know, for grief counseling, yeah. or maybe just a sympathetic shoulder to cry on type yeah. thing. Right. But the way that it paints is as if she's a therapist, you mm-hmm. know. Well, what, what was his issue? His, like, wife ran out on his... With his business partner, something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, his best friend and his wife, or he lost his business mm-hmm. and his wife at the same time. Something along so those definitely lines. Definitely rough. I mean, that's... Oh, sure. But not, like... When I hear grief, I think of, like, you, like, bereavement. Yeah, or, or, yeah, like, yeah, something death. that it's a, a temporary thing. I'm trying to get you through until you can get actual therapy mm-hmm. or until you get, you know, just past the point, you know, until you put the gun down type of a situation, <laughs> not... Mm-hmm. Not that I'm going to see you on an ongoing basis. Or perhaps after the fact. Like after there's right. been some serious mm-hmm. counseling and just like keeping up with things. Like, yeah, yeah. How like you doing, you maintenance know? type thing, yeah. But. <laughs> she doesn't seem to me like she's the caliber of counselor that yeah. can tackle things like that head on. But, well, uh, and apparently she's taken on like all these old clients. And it, it again, it makes it sound like it's not... Like, oh, you just call in and you talk to somebody for a little Mm -hmm. while. It's like, oh, this is my case load Mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Um, You know, (laughs) yeah, it was just, I don't know what the rules are for a therapist in Miami, but apparently they're kind of loose. Well, and then when she introduces Milton, if you remember, she explains exactly what happened to him in his life. Mm -hmm. In reality, a counselor could not give away any of that confidential Mm -hmm. information. Well, it's one of those things that, like, I'm not sure what sort of, I guess I got the impression that, like, the grief counselor place was, like, shut down, shut down. Like, right. Like, it was instantaneous type thing. But was she like, I need to stick around for an hour or two so I can call all of my clients and give them my home number and address? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, it is ironic because, you know, last week we had the flu and now this week, you know, I kind of felt like the uh, the closing down of businesses and whatnot that's happened through uh <laughs> You know, again, mirroring the, the current times we're in right now. But yeah, So Rose and Dorothy have a concerned discussion about the fact that Rose, you know, hasn't even started looking for a job at this point. Uh, Sophia enters and gives the girls a stack of phone messages. Uh, Rose, having received several calls from uh, the previous clients, reads kind of reads them aloud, giving the force their information, stating the mental or physical state of each person. Uh, Dorothy also has a, a message, though. And she uh, reads it through and says, uh, or states that uh, she has a message from a guy named Barry Glick. But not the Barry Glick, I assume. Yeah, I don't think so. Now, when you say the Barry Glick, is that the Bee Gees? Or who is the Barry Glick? <laughs> You're thinking of Barry, Barry Glib. Gib, yeah, Gib. <laughs> so who is the Barry Glick? Uh, founder of MapQuest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Probably well, not. I've known that. <laughs> So definitely not Barry Gibb, though, <laughs> and also <laughs> not the MapQuest Barry Glick. And if it is the MapQuest Barry Glick, then we may find out that this has some, you know, uh, statements that may not be true. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. um, I'm sure the Barry Glick who founded MapQuest, um, I'm sure he, you know, contacted a grief counselor when Google Maps came along. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, well, at least his wife maybe didn't run off with uh, the person who you know, went on her. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Exactly. Well, she is instantly excited about the fact that Barry is in town, stating that she hasn't seen him uh, since high school, and she used to have a huge crush on him. Uh, she kind of continues uh, that she that he wants uh, to meet up next week. Sophia asks her if uh, she's planning to go actually see him, and she makes a comment that if he's within 50 pounds of where he used to be, I'm going to marry him. <laughs> uh, Rose, sharing in the happy moment, uh, kind of explains that another one of her clients on her little piece of paper uh, was able to find her cat. But Sophia kind of cuts that down, saying it wasn't likely very happy because uh, it was found under a Jeep Wagoneer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we change scenes. We see Dorothy uh, walking into, the, into Rose's door in the middle of the night. Uh, it's dark and all the lights are out. She knocks on the door repeatedly and asks Rose to get up because she has a call, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose sleepily asks, is it time to milk the cows, Daddy? <laughs> I thought that was a decent line. Uh, Dorothy explains that no, it is not. <laughs> she has a phone call waiting from Mr. Milton there. Exactly. Like a classic Green Acres zinger. <laughs> <laughs> Dorothy reminds her that uh, she's the one that told him to call any time, but Rose retorted that, you know, she didn't really mean that. That was uh, not any time. It was an expression. 
And uh, Dorothy exits the room, uh, turning around. She almost walks right into Blanche. They uh, they scare each other. Blanche says that she hates calls in the middle of the night. And it makes her, you know, her quote is, as jumpy as a virgin at a prison rodeo. Yeah. It is nice that Dorothy Denton does acknowledge that would yeah, be pretty that's, jumpy. It's pretty jumpy, yeah. Uh, and it won't be, uh, she won't be able to go back to sleep at that point. Uh, they any, both. Any idea what a prison rodeo is? Yeah, I, I don't really know. I don't know if it's something where it's just a traditional rodeo, but inmates <laughs> are the ones who are doing the, yeah. you know, hog tying and whatnot. Um, Maybe or, you're riding the back of a prison inmate. Yeah, or, or I mean, it could be something that it's, uh, I don't know, a lot more salacious than that, <laughs> you know, but I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. I didn't look it up. I wonder if that's uh, something on... Uh, Urban Dictionary. <laughs> well, I'm sure it is at this point, but I wonder if it's actually something that's not on Urban Dictionary. Like, not not, but you know what I mean. I, I wonder if there's an actual, the yeah, I wonder if there's an actual prison rodeo. all Inception on this, it could be an Urban Dictionary because of this episode. You mean because of the episode that we're doing right now? No. Or because yeah. of this episode? Yeah. The episode of Golden Girls, like someone think, hey, that's a great name. Mm-hmm. Prison Rodeo. Let's make something up about I, that. I'm sure. I have no doubt that there's prison rodeo in Urban Dictionary. I mean, hell, <laughs> we tried to take Davenport, but Urban Dictionary completely <laughs> destroyed that effort. So, you know, I'm sure or, or, uh, prison rodeo is in there as well. Do you think prison rodeo clown is? I, I mean, if prison rodeo is in there, it seems like that would be there as well. <laughs> so, I mean, I would have to think a prison rodeo would have something to do, Urban Dictionary-wise, would be, you know, a lot of, you know, man-on-man action. Um, <laughs> although, you know, I guess prison certainly could go for either gender. Um, and then the clown would have to be somebody who had some <laughs> sort of comic relief <laughs> to, to that, um, you know. That has all kinds of bad implications. I mean, it should be, you know, there's a lot of clowns that go into a little car, that kind of a thing. You know, maybe the clown would be... Face paint. Yeah, it could be, yeah. So. <laughs> Circus clowns, you feature a lot of clowns inside a car. Mm-hmm. A rodeo clown's like the guy with the barrel around him <laughs> who yeah. like runs around and then hides in the barrel so the bull can knock him around. Oh, whatever. okay. Like uh-huh. a rodeo clown's a straight-up thing. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, I would still think that maybe the rodeo clown would have the barrel on, but there'd be one hole in the barrel or uh-huh. something of that nature. <laughs> you know? It's a glory hole situation. Yeah, and he has to run around trying to defend his virtues, you know, from the from the cowboys that are standard prison shenanigans. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I don't want to typecast our, you know, penal system, but penal. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, the girls, you know, go back to the uh, living room, and uh, they kind of talk about the fact that uh, one advantage of having a man around in the past was that uh, he could answer late night calls. And Blanche adds, that's not all they're good at. Uh, of course, always bring it back to, you know, something kind of dirty. Uh, and Sophia, who had been sitting in the dark corner, says that uh, if they're really good, you don't even hear the call. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dorothy basically, what are you doing sitting in the dark, Ma? <laughs> and uh, Dorothy goes over to her mother, turns on a light nearby her, saying that uh, she needs to get some rest. Uh, or Dorothy is saying that she needs to get some rest because she's being buried the next day. Uh, Dorothy then stops herself and says, you know, they're kind of being selfish and that Rose's predicament is a little more serious than her date. And Blanche says, or my losing two pounds. And <laughs> Sophia adds again, or three pounds. Right. Because if you remember back, she uh, said she lost three pounds or gained three pounds. And then Sophia said on both sides. So they had, I had noticed a few callback right. jokes in this one, which I liked. Now, just uh, sorry to interrupt you there in the middle of this um this part of the recap, but two quick things. One thing I forgot to mention earlier, but I think we saw the last piece of the opening in this episode. Because, you know, when she, when Blanche, when they meet up in the hallway after yes. Dorothy goes in and, you know, there's the scene of Blanche kind of, you know, sashaying with her down the... eye cover with yeah, the, exactly. the sleep... What are those covers called? Like, just blindfold? Sleep masks. Sleep masks? Yeah. yeah. I think there's one more bit from the opening credits that's still coming up in this episode. Oh, do we have? Oh, okay. So this episode, though, either way, completes believe, the yeah. opening. Yeah. Well, this episode, there was something about the camera work in it and mm-hmm. the way that the, the girls looked in it mm-hmm. that it f- felt a little out of... It, yeah. It was like the third or fourth episode film. Okay. I figured it must have been earlier in the actual filming. Yeah, I think Wikipedia says it was the second one. Oh, the second, the second one. Well, second that one makes film, sense. But they, for whatever yeah. reason, kept it for later on in the exactly. series. Yeah, maybe we needed to know a little more about Rose to appreciate her grief counseling and <laughs> and whatnot. But well, and then also I think it, 
It's good. I was going to say they needed to air it later in the episode. That way we would have the suspense of, um, you know, Charlie's estate not being worth Jack. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this one does, which we'll get into it maybe a little bit, but it also, you know, throws some more continuity issues in with um, timing and whatnot. But at yeah. least it does potentially clear up some <laughs> questions about age and, yeah. and whatnot. Um, the other thing I did want to mention is a uh, prison rodeo is definitely a real thing. Um, Did you find it? Yeah, the Angola Prison Rodeo started at the, uh, or staged at the Louisiana State Penitentiary. It's the longest running prison rodeo in the United States. Um, And apparently, uh, as part of it, uh, there's a biannual arts and crafts festival, and prisoners make handmade work. Um, Apparently, I don't know what differentiates it i don't get the impression that the prisoners are the uh cowboys in this rodeo mm-hmm. maybe it's just a rodeo they stage in a prison that then has uh some additional aspects to it that involve kind like a uso show for yeah the, something for the like that yeah perhaps mm. yeah. and that the prisoners make arts and crafts and sell those and yeah and, and the virgins are extra you know itchy yeah exactly very, well i'm sure they nervous. would be yeah <laughs> Is itchy the right word? <laughs> I, mean, I think itchy. Just, itchy would be nervous. I think nervous and itchy would be. Itchy also had that probably is the wrong word to use though. Was as she far saying, as was she say jumpy? Is that? Yeah, yeah, I think jumpy. Okay. Yeah, I'm just I'm just synonymical in this case, but uh, yeah. synonymous is a better word. Yeah, yeah. but uh, probably not a great exactly. term to use when you're talking about virtuous ladies. Yeah, itchiness. <laughs> <laughs> So as of uh, 2013, each mm-hmm. spring re- rodeo raises $450,000. So What's the money go towards? Um, let's see. The uh, raises funds for religious educational programs for prisoners. I don't know if that's typical of prison rodeos, if they always have some. That would make sense. You know, I don't know about <laughs> necessarily if it always be religious or educational, but raising funds for yeah. you know positive programs yeah. for prisoners to. So they got a lot of arts in. and crafts sounding things. Do you think they have a, a prison grammar rodeo? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> better, if there is one, I better be informed about it. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> raising funds for the prisoners, you know, because you know those Rita Hayworth posters don't grow on trees. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so back anyway. We had the little jab about uh, her losing three pounds versus two. <coughs> and then they talk about their concern that Rose has been out of work for over a week now. Rose enters the living room and apologizes for the late night call, uh, saying that it won't happen again and uh, they should all go ahead and get back to bed. Dorothy and Blanche tell her that they should go ahead and have a quick talk. And then they share their concern that she's been spending time helping all these former clients that she calls, uh, calls pathetic wimps. Right. <laughs> I thought that was... A little bit uncaring, but uh, she's probably also upset middle of the night here. Uh, when she should be dedicating that time to finding a new job. The girls remind her of uh, her somewhat meager qualifications and uh, the fact that uh, being out of that job for too long could have some serious implications. Uh, Rose finally admits that uh, she has been looking. and that This kind of struck me as odd. She says she's had dozens of job interviews since the center closed. Which at this point, I think, has only been like a week or so, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely been doing good with getting in there for the interview. Dozens. Apparently just not closing the deal. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, dozens would imply at least 24 job interviews. <laughs> and, you know, I think that you could could imply even more than that. <laughs> so <laughs> so maybe she's bad with math, though. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, or it could be. Or maybe she uh, is just applying for jobs above her qualifications, you know, significantly. And that's why she's... Well, I would think just traveling to dozens of interviews... Maybe they're jo- uh, phone interviews, though. That's I didn't true. think about that. So, and at this point, um, you know, I would assume that she has replaced the car that she, you know, Blanche tried to fleece her and, <laughs> and sell her her old car. So you'd think that she must have maybe a reliable car now, because mm-hmm. gotta if they're going with those taxi <laughs> services that they like to use, then Rose would be out of money by now for sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe several interviews in one location. Yeah, it could be. Maybe she went to. So, many all more, right, you know. if you won't hire me for that. <laughs> <laughs> Job How there. about this guy? I see that you're also hiring for. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, she says she's had dozens of interviews and that nobody uh, wants her. All all unsuccessful, obviously. Uh, she agrees that she knows she needs a job, and that uh, while she never sees herself as old, uh, all these other people have. And uh, she gets she she got gets up from the seat, and uh, starts heading for her bedroom, saying maybe she is old, old and useless and terrified. So mm-hmm. a little bit dramatic. Mm-hmm. 
but obviously she's upset. Uh, Rose, we change scenes now. We see Rose in her bedroom laying down on the bed, clearly upset. Uh, Dorothy and Blanche follow behind, and they come in and attempt to kind of console her, agreeing that the rules have changed in her life. They've kind of, you know, Dorothy reminds her that she's been in tough positions before, like after Charlie died, and uh, that uh, she's been able to pull through and do what uh, needs to be done. Uh, and this is just another situation so similar to that. Mm-hmm. Rose then argues that it's not quite the same because now she's five years older and uh, nobody wants her around. Uh, Blanche says, of course, that they want her around, but they just can't afford to pay her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this is actually a continuity issue, like you're saying. Well, yeah, because she talks about five years where, you know, when she's first, you know, considering having relations with uh, Artie, I think she says it's been 15 years since her last time. So unless her and Charlie went 10 years without having <laughs> relations before he died, which we know that didn't happen because Charlie died in the throes of passion. Unless so, yeah. that didn't count. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe she, she didn't doesn't finish. Ca- she doesn't count, <laughs> so, uh, you know, death sex. Right. Well, you know, if you went 10 years in Murder between, sex. Then, <laughs> need to have that. If you can uh, kind of edit it to sound evil, like murder sex. No. I mean, I'm not really... In with the uh, adding special effects at this point, just All editing right. out some Boing. of the. <laughs> yeah, Brent's our Foley master, so <laughs> if you're looking Thanks. for an effect, you need to let him know to bring his metal sheets of paper and That's things it. of that nature. Might if we take a break while I go open that closet? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you just tried to break through the glass. It should have been more like. <laughs> Although I think I saw the pots and pans falling down oh, out of okay. the closet. Why would you have a bunch of pots and pans in the closet? <laughs> Doesn't everybody have pots and pans in every closet? Yeah, it's just, just shoved in there willy nilly. <laughs> That's how radio works. <laughs> Twenty-three skidoo. <laughs> so yeah, they can't afford to pay her, and they can't. You know, obviously they're all you know under somewhat tighter financial situations. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy kind of calls Rose out for feeling sorry for herself, though, saying that they're all getting older. You know, mm-hmm. there's a little funny exchange that, you mm-hmm. know, they're all five years older than that now. And I think something about uh, they've all got some more wrinkles. Yeah. And then uh, she, she says something along the lines of Blanche's getting a little rounder in the tummy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dorothy continues that they're going to help her keep, uh, keep at it and get some more interviews. Uh, Rose states that the you know, appointments are the easy part. And that she has an interview tomorrow even for a hospital administrator position she would love to have. She adds that uh, she'll never get it because she's not qualified. She's too old. Dorothy asks when the interview is and uh, if she can see her resume. Uh, So she gives it to her. She kind of reads it over. uh, Is less than impressed. uh, And then makes several creative edits to spruce it up, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then she hands it back to Rose and suggests they all go ahead. Like... All justified, like all the little tweaks and everything that she made right. and everything. But it seems to me that like like Rose should be throwing down all that stuff from like the friends of the best friends of good health stuff. Right, yeah. <laughs> she had a lot of activities that she was doing that could go nice on that resume. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> since, you know, the, the airing of the episode, there wouldn't have been that to back up her, um, <laughs> her different efforts. But, yeah, it seems like that her hobby section of – Cheese making, stamp collecting, and Viking history definitely could have been spruced up just by adding in, you know, working in the community with the elderly. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, unfortunately, Rose maybe was taking it a little too literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Did we have a scene where all the ladies are sitting around talking about their first time? Did we skip? Yeah, over no, that we're, we're it's coming. coming. Okay. That, that's it's... just around the corner. Yeah, we're we're heading that way. Okay. Uh, so she hands back the resume to Rose and says that they should all kind of maybe try to get back to bed. You know, obviously, it's middle of the night still. Uh, Blanche and Rose both say that they can't sleep right now. And this is one of my favorite lines. After uh, Blanche says she can't fall asleep, uh, uh, Dorothy says, still at the rodeo, Blanche? <laughs> <laughs> and so that was another throwback joke. Rose then says uh, they should get some uh, warm milk because that always puts her right to sleep. Blanche then, of course, again adds that you know she can think of something else. They can uh, help put her right to sleep. Dorothy, walking behind her, says, during. (laughs) (laughs) They go to the kitchen, and uh, Rose says, you know, they shouldn't drink just milk, so only drinking some warm milk, which, I don't know, that always sounds kind of gross to me anyway. Yeah. you guys ever do that? No, I don't. No, I mean, I I guess I've had milk in other warm things, you know, like chocolate or something like that, but yeah. I've never gone and warmed up a glass of milk for myself. It sounds kind of gross. 
but I don't know, maybe people like it. Uh, it's obviously an old thing that people have done for oh, years. Right. So, uh, so they, they go from just the, the milk to uh, some cookies and then, of course, some chocolate cheesecake. I mean, I assume it's like a like a baby type thing. Yeah, that'd be yeah. where it must come from that maybe soothes the stomach or something, and that's why babies enjoy it. Maybe it uh, is something that helps to reduce gas or something upset stomach well i guess i was just thinking like or you take you back to the comfort of when you were breastfed oh okay (laughs) (laughs) so when you need something to help you fall asleep you just think about you know nursing on your mother and that helps you people who drink warm milk i assume that's what it's like puts them in the mind of when Mm, they were a baby and their mother was you know just a subliminal thing exactly yeah so I like the fact that the three of us don't go that route. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's only because our mothers didn't care enough to breastfeed us. <laughs> so. Too too sad. Yeah. So it's hurtful feelings, Alan. I you know. really stirred up a lot now. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ski, but you, know, you can still remember that sweet, sweet powder you were given. <laughs> so when you're bumping a line of Coke, then that can take there you back you go. to your... Yeah, that's, you got me back in it. That's, yeah. <laughs> I'm good now. Uh, so, yeah, it turns into cookies, chocolate cheesecake, ice cream, and then basically a full meal with appetizers, and they even found pepperoni. Now, you are definitely, you know, glazing over an important monumental first in the series. Go for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. know what you're saying. But oh, okay, yeah, yeah. and of course, the very first appearance of the cheesecake, which... You know, there have been several times that we've you know seen episodes where we thought, oh, this is going to be it. This is going to finally be when <laughs> Cheesecake is introduced into the Golden Girls Only lexicon. Only to be dashed. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's regular chocolate cake. Now, had they aired this in its original, um, mm-hmm. you know, original place in line, then I guess it would have been much earlier on in the series. Right. But we yeah, have so the very first appearance of the Cheesecake, which of course is the basis for our rating <laughs> system, scientific. Uh, rating system that is it's very important mm-hmm. and of course they, it, but it's such an odd introduction it's very past yeah it's it's only one of many things we and it's also just like dorothy's surprised that they have cheesecake right you know but meanwhile blanche is getting out of cheesecake that's half eaten <laughs> right <laughs> so that meant the other three women had already taken out a slice or two of cheesecake exactly She's pulling a half of a cheesecake out of the freezer and plopping it on the table, and Dorothy had never noticed a half. Well, of they quickly fill the entire table, if you remember, yeah. and like they've yeah. got this whole feast going on. Yeah, because there's an entire ham and all sorts of stuff in that fridge. At this time, like Sophia, where is she? I mean, she was sitting in the dark before. Mm-hmm. Did she ever go to bed? I mean, no, we I didn't mean, I... see her past that, did we? She didn't come in to join them with their... Well, yeah, because they find the pepperoni, the missing pepperoni <laughs> in the fridge. Um, and yeah, Dorothy I think says, don't says, tell Ma. Right. So, And, and I should give a shout-out, too, to, to Ski's wife, who, in honor of this uh, momentous occasion, did bring <laughs> a cheesecake for us to all eat as well. Now, we did discuss should we eat it during the podcast um, so everybody could hear us enjoy, <laughs> but decided that perhaps they're... That may be better for one of those videos people enjoy to watch. Um, oh, like the, uh, what's it called? ASMR or something? Yeah, yeah that stuff. That yeah. I, have just, I just love to listen to you masticate online. <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's not, this isn't that kind of podcast, but, you know, but we Could would be. like to reach a broader audience. <laughs> so. Use the comment section. Let us know what you want for season two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if there's too much of that, I would be out. You'd be out like if chewing was a part of our regular well, episodes. If it was a strong and like heavily influenced aspect, you're like, so what do you think? Well, so what if we only did it when they ate? Like when they ate, we'd have like a long section where we also well, ate. Leave that to the, the Foley artist. I mean, that's that's Brent now. <laughs> we'll so, leave it up to him, I guess. Would he be expected to bring his own food to eat, or would he just be expected to make mouth noises too? <laughs> I think he would already have the uh, the sound effects ready. Oh, okay. So. I think he he's he's definitely an organized and prepared person. So. Now, do you think he would be, you know, like? The Kevin Winslow, uh, you know, <laughs> Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow, yeah. Boy, my name's just off today. But yeah, do you think that would be him where he would do it all with his oh, own oh, face? Vocal? Or do you think he would have it recorded? Or how would he, how do you think Brent would bring the. That's a good question. I don't know. Do you think he'd be up to a whole bunch of. Uh, I mean, you just showed us your vocal stylings earlier. <laughs> 
You think you refined that so you've got like a, a library of 800 more sounds? <laughs> no, I think it's fairly limited as to what I could do. Just just jump know. online and start copying stuff? I think I have faith. Boy, oy, 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 oy. <laughs> well, I mean, just as far as chewing, we're not talking about him coming up with the entire, you know, mm-hmm. spectrum of colors or of, uh, of sounds. But I would think that Brent could come up with like at least seven different ways to chew. Um, <laughs> so, but. I don't know. At least for right now, until we see it in the comments, we'll hold off on adding that <laughs> those sections. But if uh, if they come pouring in that that's what the people want, then that's what the people will get as mm-hmm. season two is what uh, they demand, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Real quick though, you know, you got to pay the piper. You can't just throw that in the comments. You have to have it five star review as well. Oh, okay, yeah, five star review <laughs> on iTunes, and you'll definitely get at least one minute of chewing in the podcast. <laughs> Exactly. Ain't working for free here. Right. <laughs> now, is that one minute cumulative or one minute straight? I think we do it one minute straight because then if somebody did want to skip over that section, they'd have that option and we could give them the heads up like, hey, mm-hmm. this goes out to so-and-so who <laughs> gave us a five-star review on iTunes and Fair enough. requested, nay, demanded that <laughs> they get their ASMR needs met. <laughs> Was that? Do you guys know how that stands for? ASMR? Not offhand. I'm sure we could look it up. Oh yeah, I'm sure you could find it instantly. But same as the prison rodeo, Wikipedia will <laughs> give us the. Since answer. you said masticating, I'm going to assume that's the yim. <laughs> I'm sure it's not, but he's got the biggest kick out of that. <laughs> I'm glad I could make you happy. I was trying to think of a fancy M word, like a few weeks ago or whatever, and like matriculate was all I could come up with. And I wish in the heat of the moment I'd come up with masticate. (laughs) It would have been so much funnier in my team meeting. Mortician. Mm. Malleable. Yeah, I think we've passed that now. Maximilian. (laughs) (laughs) I I have no... uh, no doubt that your vocabulary is extensive <laughs> enough that you could spend the next hour coming up with Mars long M Rover. words. Yeah. <laughs> That's really two words, though. I mean, like, yeah, you definitely cheated on that one. Definitely. All right, anyway. <laughs> so, Dora, your thug says, don't tell Ma about pepperoni. <laughs> the girls. It's like, we have to move on. My finger's getting sore. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the girls are... You know, then start talking about the various ways their bodies now metabolize food and uh, how and when you know extra fat shows on their bodies. Uh, Dorothy starts talking about how she uh, wants to look very nice. I think she says svelte mm-hmm. uh, for Barry the next day on their date. And uh, she goes on to say that she wanted him to be her quote-unquote first, uh, but then that she uh, went on a date with Stan, mm-hmm. got pregnant, and the rest is history. The conversation. Her contribution to the war effort. Yeah. Yeah, right. She did say that. Uh, what, what, she's going to Korea. Korea. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember. Uh, the conversation kind of continues on this path, and then Rose explains that she, you know, her first sexual encounter was on her wedding night, and she was, quote unquote, surprised because she had never <clears throat> seen a man before. Uh, I'm guessing that means it's junk. Mm hmm. Uh, the other girls. <laughs> Glad that you're able to imply that. <laughs> she does see, never seen a man with corporal form before. <laughs> you know, it's just never actually said, but always implied. Yeah. I do like the idea that, yeah, she's just never seen a male <laughs> of the human species <laughs> up until the wedding night. And then she's like, what? <laughs> what is this thing? <laughs> Yeah, that was did lead to one of my favorite, or actually my my favorite line in the episode. And it was such a small one, but it was good because she says she's only had seen. I think, uh, hold on, oh, oh, sorry. If, if you want to jump in, no, no, you go ahead. You can finish it up. No, it's uh. So the other girls are fascinated by this. They find it almost impossible to believe uh, that she had never, you know, seen anything. They're like even saying you never saw your dad by like accident or anything. And she's like, oh no, no, no. And she talks about how she'd seen you know animals on the farm, bulls and horses, but. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then and then Blanche says, uh, "Tough act to follow." <laughs> right. so I, I thought that was, and it was such a small little line to yeah. throw in there, but I, I thought it was the best line of the whole episode. Yeah, I thought so too. That was my favorite. Yeah, it it was neck and neck, but it definitely you know took the top spot. Uh, um, Rose is just my father. Oh no, not my father. My father. No, no, not <laughs> yeah. my father. Just yeah. that little cycle of whatever she got into. Before that, I was gonna almost break up my favorite uh, line into two parts where. They had the uh, kind of the two-part joke about the rodeo, the, the, 
the prison rodeo and then the still the rodeo blanche. Yeah. But then I saw that one. And I was like, nope, that's the winner. Yeah, that one definitely. I think takes yeah. takes the cheesecake, if you will. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> uh, but so yeah, she's never seen a man. Tough act to follow. Rose continues, kind of saying that, uh, you know, her first time she was, you know, very very uh, new to the whole situation, and Charlie was very patient with her. And then she mentions that she even thought the whole thing was ridiculous, asking the girls that they felt the same way. Blanche vehemently disagrees mm-hmm. and adds that uh, she certainly did not wait for her wedding night and that, uh, you know, southern girls kind of go, they grow up faster. And she thinks it's a southern thing, it's the heat. And uh, I think, Dorothy, what did she say about that? It's, it's, it's the gin? Yeah, something, something of like that, that nature, yeah. Uh, see, then this is about her first time with Billy, under the dogwood tree, or was it Bobby or Ben? Or who knows? It started with a B. Uh, the girls go back and forth, kind of. All of Blanche's stories involve a tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you also think that, that means that she had relations with Billy, Bobby, and Ben? She just isn't sure which was the first, or just couldn't quite remember the That's name of her excellent first? Excellent point. I don't know. Because all of them, it didn't sound like it was like, oh, was his name this? It sounded like, or was it this person? Other guy, yeah. yeah. Which so. one? Maybe they're all close to the same time frame. Yeah, it could be. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't place the chronology. Chronology mm-hmm. could be, but yeah, yeah, it definitely seemed to me that it would be three different guys that she <laughs> had relations with at different points in time. I like to think they're all brothers. Could be, yeah, <laughs> Siamese. <laughs> <laughs> which in that case, completely fair to not know, not remember which one that it was. Try, I like Triamese. Triamese? If they're all three connected. I mean, I, I'm not Siamese, really. Siamese, of course, talking about something entirely different, but, you know, it rhymes, so mm-hmm. it works. I mean, it sounds like it would be a new <laughs> a, a new classification for sexual orientation eye. or whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Ben, Bobby, Ben, or Billy, whatever. Uh, the girls kind of, they're going back and forth with uh, funny faces and innuendo, basically asking one another, you know, about their first time and the first time they ever had an orgasm, but they never ever once use the word itself. Uh, then they realize what time it is, you know, mm-hmm. morning's starting to creep up on them. So they decide to get some coffee and maybe some eggs and bas- <laughs> basically start another meal altogether after this giant yeah. meal they just ate. More Danish. <laughs> so what do you think happened five years after Rose and Charlie had gotten together, the things clicked and she had her first, you know, completed session (laughs) with Charlie. (laughs) I mean, what do you think that, do you think she just at that point finally got comfortable? Charlie learned something. Do you think Charlie, when he was out on the road selling insurance, picked up a trick (laughs) or two from a local, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it just seems like what would what would change five years after being with the same person that would then make that person better at? Uh, I don't think, think it was maybe, Charlie at all. I think uh, it was Rose matured in her own understanding of her body. Oh, okay. That's so, that's what I'm going to say. So she had just gotten to that point to where she's knew. not going to do the job himself. I'm going to finish this up. Mm. See, I was thinking that you know Charlie taught her something that's more enjoyable for him than for her, and then after <laughs> five years he got tired of that. <laughs> Oh. And taught her something that was somewhat <laughs> enjoyable for her. <laughs> Take from that what you will. <laughs> well, they had children in that you know time period. Okay, so I guess I, <laughs> okay, I guess you're right. Because so. <laughs> I can see where she would think that was some colossal joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you put that in there. <laughs> oh, nature, <laughs> you are a kidder. So. I had some really dark things to add, but I'm not going to. Yeah, well, I mean, we add the explicit tag to all of these episodes just in case. Because, you know, <laughs> I'm not really? going to. Yeah, I do. Oh. I think we've had this discussion before, too, uh-huh. on the podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I, I put what that I on. I get for not listening. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. So. And there are definitely some episodes where it's not warranted, but it's just not worth it for me to go back through and try yeah. to figure out which ones. I think the explicit tag probably gets us our uh, core audience. Yeah, exactly. It goes with the overall <laughs> feel of the series. Whether <laughs> Well, I mean, you look at you know the episodes of Golden Girls, and those are just so explicit anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah, hard R. Raunchy, hard. yeah. <laughs> doing a Google search for Golden Girls podcasts, you want the one with the parental advisories. Exactly. Well, you know, let's be honest. There are probably not many 
you know, preteens who are looking for a Golden Girls podcast. Mm-hmm. And I would say that the explicit on up would appeal to the teenagers and the adults. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, they decide to have an entire new meal, and then it kind of fades out. We get a new scene. Uh, the girls are out on the night. We see Blanche speaking uh, to Milton. Mm-hmm. Milton is there, and he's a uh, s- say what? I said welcome back, Milton. Right, yeah. He states to her that uh, he's happy that uh, Rose was not there when she when he stopped by that morning, and that he would be seeing her later on that night. So they're going on a date. Uh, Milton sees himself out passing Sophia, and she says to Blanche, "I thought he belonged to the other one." <laughs> Obviously, talking about Rose. Uh, Blanche states that you know she's confident it'll be fine, and then she pours herself some lemonade. Uh, Dorothy enters and asks if uh, Gary had called. And saying that they were planning to go out again and that they had had a great time at lunch. Uh, Blanche asks if he's still her fantasy lover uh, or if things had progressed. But Dorothy explains that, no, no, things are not going to progress. Gary is gay. I think it's Barry, isn't it? Barry. Yeah. You're right. Barry it's Barry Glick. So you got Barry the G Glick. in there. You're just combining the two. Sorry. No, it's no. all right. I'm just making sure that I, you know, I've already got confused no, between got Barry Glick Gary and Barry down Gibb. Twice. It's, so. I, I made a, a typo there. Double typo. Uh, but Sophia chimes in and says that she'd known all along. <laughs> yeah, because of his love of uh, Buster Crab. Now, do either of you know who Buster Crab is? Not a clue. Is? Not a clue. Um, no. Yeah, I had no idea who it was. I mean, apparently he was a, a big deal at, at one point. He's a two-time Olympic swimmer um, and won the gold medal in the 1932 Olympics. Oh, yeah. Crab like K-R-A-B-B-E. Well, C-R-A-B-B-E. C-R-A, yeah. yeah. And uh, apparently played... In a lot of uh, movies back in the 30s and 40s and 50s, but uh, a lot of the serial type movies. I thought it was SpongeBob's boss. Oh, you thought so? Yeah, Mr. Crab. (laughs) In the most recent thing where they're getting all the food out or whatever, like Dorothy makes a joke about like you know Jimmy Hoffa being in the fridge or something. But then at the start of the episode, she made the same joke only with Judge Crater, (laughs) and (laughs) I don't know. It was one of those things that I definitely preferred, like the Judge Crater iteration. Both because it was first and because it was just, you know, more of a deep cut than Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> okay, well, so Barry or uh, Buster Crab did, uh, he played Tarzan, Flash Gordon, and Buck Rogers in various serial <laughs> yeah. type uh, shows back then. So this judge, who is that? Judge Crater? Yeah. Um, just a straight up like um, New York City municipal judge um, who'd vanished. Oh, okay. And nobody knew what happened to him. And so this episode was what, March 8th? 1986 yes so yes. at the time that he disappeared he'd only been missing for um 56 years <laughs> <laughs> so golden girls are getting topical yeah that was a really really good deep cut <laughs> <laughs> was it such big news 56 years prior that it would still yeah would've... yeah yeah like um like he vanished in 1930 and it was this big hullabaloo, like, what happened to the judge? Because, like, he went out for to some show club or whatever. Um, and I guess he was involved in some shenanigans or they were investigating him as well mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but then, like, ten years later, it had been long enough since anybody had seen him. They went in and declared him dead in 1939. Um, and then, you know, 47 years later, the Golden Girls are <laughs> claiming he's hiding out in their fridge. <laughs> kind of a who's in Grant's tomb kind of deep cut there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, funny joke the first time. The second time, not so much. It was just lazy, both for the repeat and for just the Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. Well, they definitely were going for the deep cuts in this. Um, mm-hmm. Those two are definitely deep. And then I think Mary Lou Retton's name was... Mm-hmm. Uh, Dropped to one point yes. uh, comparing. She would have been pretty topical then. Yeah, no, no, she would have like been. Right yeah. in her, the height of her popularity. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so a couple, you know, much more recognizable <laughs> names in there, but then a couple that you definitely had to do a little research, at least in today's day and age, to know yeah. who those people were. So Dorothy continues saying she's totally okay with the fact that he's gay, uh, knowing that if she can't have him, at least no other woman would either. Uh, then we see Rose enter, also very chipper, and she pours herself some of the lemonade. Uh, Dorothy asks, you know, with her being so happy, is she uh, speaking to the uh, new hospital administrator? Did she get the job? And she explains that, no, she did not. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she does tell a story that she was quite upset about uh, the, the fact that she didn't get the job right after the interview and that she had stopped at a, a restaurant that she likes, uh, that they make great root beer floats. Mm-hmm. 
And that uh, after she finished, she started feeling sad again. But then she saw a sign right in front of her saying, help wanted. And so, you know, she proceeds to say that she is now a, a waitress at the Fountain Rock Coffee Shop. She goes on to explain the, uh, the position kind of details with the 12-hour days. And it sounds a little bit rough. And the girls uh, kind of look unimpressed by this. Like, oh, no, this is going to be really mm-hmm. tough on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she, she responds that she, uh, it's work. And that she would rather be tired tired from work than crying. Uh, the girls, of course, agree and tell Rose that they're very happy for her. Uh, Blanche then switches subjects to her and uh, says that she just wants to confirm that her relationship with Milton is uh, purely professional. And, of course, this is actually a great line, too. Rose assures her, oh, no, 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 there'd never be anything between me and Milton. He has a tendency only to date fat women. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was probably the second best line of the episode, yeah. in my opinion. And then we see Rose and Dorothy exits, and the camera closes in on Blanche's very upset expression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we close. Yeah. Ta-da. Yeah, so overall, I, I mean, you know, I think you could feel that this was the second episode in a way. I mean, I feel <laughs> like as far as the level of the comedy and that kind of stuff, yeah. you know, it hadn't really come into its own yet, yeah. um, as it does kind of later in the season. Yeah. Um, it was an enjoyable episode, mm-hmm. but I would still put it on the lower end as far as the overall. Um, like I said, I think we all have established that the uh, tough act to follow was probably the best <laughs> best line in that episode. Did, did you have an MVP for, uh, or who is your MVP for that episode? Um, you know, I think I'm going to go with uh, Dorothy because she was the one that kind of led the led the way as far as uh, a lot of the conversations and she seemed to be the one that was the most supportive of Rose to get back out there. I think at times she was a little bit rough with her, a little impatient, but she was the one that it felt like it kind of uh, progressed the story more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And how about you? Uh, Rose's dad. Rose's dad. Yeah, I think modesty <laughs> is a virtue. So. It could have been Charlie for giving her that orgasm five years in. <laughs> 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 this is the proper five-year anniversary. Gift. Yeah, <laughs> maybe is that it was wood? it. I think he just cracked the. <laughs> or is uh, it paper? What, what is the five-year? Cracked the mystery there. <laughs> uh, like, honey, we've been together for five years now. Yeah, it's something I, uh, I got something I've been saving for you. Exactly. Well, maybe Charlie's just incompetent. Yeah, it could be. You know? I mean, he's he would, a bad insurance salesman. Exactly. You know, but he's a young Stanley. Or yeah, something. you will not believe what I learned today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. This was a hard one to come up with an MVP for me just because I didn't feel like anybody really stood mm-hmm. out. I mean, obviously, you throw away your pick, which is uh, par for the course. Um, <laughs> but I guess if you I... say that now, but when we do the Sweet 16 bracket at the end of the season for MVPs... Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have so... one golden girl in each of the four and then someone you picked as the other... <laughs> as the other 12. <laughs> so, exactly. Which, by the way, you know, once we do get to that point, one of those names will be your own. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I guess it, I, I guess I'd go with Ski as well and say Dorothy. Um, I mean, Rose had the one of the better lines in the episode there at the end. Um, mm-hmm. Blanche, I think, had the best line of the episode, but uh, Dorothy, I guess, overall, yeah, I thought was the second or the, the MVP, you know, in an overall week week showing. If I was to give it to somebody else, it would definitely be to Dorothy. Um, her whole scene with Milton at the very beginning, mm-hmm. where the whole was like, oh, are you waiting for a bus? And that whole <laughs> conversation was really, really good. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. So, so Dorothy kind of gets the clean sweep on this one, uh, sort of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so how many pieces of cheesecake would you give this one, Ski? I, you said you didn't like it as much. I thought it was actually one of my favorites. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm going to go with a five and a half. Five and a half? That's pretty good. Pretty solid. What about you, Brent? Um, I'll go with five. Um, four and a half. Five. Something like that. Okay, well, I need one or the other. Four. Four? four? Yeah. So you went four and a half or five, one or the other, and then you settle on four? Yes, because that's how many slices of cheesecake were in the freezer. Oh, okay. I would give it a four also. I I thought it was, like I said, a good episode. Um, Enjoyable, but, you know, definitely in the, you know. I actually, one of the things you said is the exact reason I wanted to give it more is because some of the back and forths were really good. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they did have some good, and it was an episode that only had one guest star. Um, so a lot of, you know, I know we've always prefer episodes where all four of the, of the main characters get a lot of screen time, and it's not dominated by one or the other. So that was certainly a positive about it. And 
Milton, played by Richard Venture, was the only uh, only guest star in this episode. Is he another one of those guys that's been in a million things? Or? Uh, yeah, like 114 credits, but really nothing that you would know him from. I mean, things you would have seen that he's been in, a lot of guest appearance type stuff, but nothing where it's like a significant amount of time on any show or in any major, you know, role. But Yeah, he was Matlock's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so Matlock's best friend. That is true. Um, but no, I do think it's, you know, we mentioned that, you know, this was filmed early and then held back. Mm-hmm. And you, you could definitely tell because it was rough around the edges. And I'm wondering, it's like, why don't more shows do that? you know, sort of spread out their weaker episodes over the course of the season just to guarantee, just to get to the good episodes sooner so people will stick. Like, if this one would have been, like, the second one to air, I could see maybe some drop-off. People yeah. don't come back, you know. Well, yeah, th- that's definitely a good point. Um, it, it, probably a lot of it depends on the production cycles and things mm-hmm. of that nature, especially in today's day and age. Yeah, where yeah. I imagine it also has to depend on, like, cont- contiguous storyline. Like a lot of new ones. Well, yeah, nowadays especially. Yeah. Well, we know Golden Girls doesn't have any problem. Throwing <laughs> yeah. up the yeah. timeline is, is uh, yeah. not an issue. Exactly. Those <laughs> ladies are definitely in Congress. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just so that, <laughs> that we, was a depends joke. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, but um, along those same lines, um, it, it might have been the body table talk, though. That could be. It was one of those things that it's like, Let's hold off on having these geriatric women talk about their orgasms at the <laughs> table. Yeah, it's funny. Save that we'll, for we'll, sweeps. Right. We'll wait till people like them first. Exactly. Well, that is one thing I thought is that maybe it's that no one really knows Rose. Why are they going to care if she's going through this difficult time yet? Gotcha. Um, so maybe they were waiting until you know people had gotten to know her character. They would actually care that mm-hmm. you know she she was going through this struggle. But it's also funny too, though, because if you were to just go with this episode. You would definitely get the impression of Rose as a far more, um, or less ditzy of a character than what she's portrayed as later. She really doesn't have many of her dumb lines or, yeah, or anything yeah. like that here. So maybe that was part of it too. That mm-hmm. you know the character's arc <laughs> would be a little different if it went <laughs> in this direction. But because yeah. cool. I mean, if you look at this one, you would think she was a trained therapist, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> so. We later find. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, or like, earlier find, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like if this episode would have aired second, you know, they wouldn't have made all those therapist jokes. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like they would not have made sense. That's true, yeah. So how about how's that waitress job going, Rose? <laughs> yeah, apparently that waitress job didn't last long. Um, no, it just falls off the map. I don't think they say anything about well, it. Well, I guess we'll find out. It, it didn't last long in the actual taping of the show, right, but yeah. uh, you know, we'll there, see if in episode twenty. That is, that is one thing I didn't like about it is like it's one of those issues where they uh, wrap everything up right at the end. Like all the loose ends are just like, okay, we're done. Well, that's that's kind of the shows at the time. There really weren't. If it was going to go, if you needed any actual continuity, there was a to be continued after it. Right. And then, you know, exactly. it'd be a part two. So. Exactly. Now, one thing, just, just to address it before we finish up, uh, ASMR stands for uh, Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. I would not have guessed that Yeah, at all. I think we could have sat around guessing. We probably could have gotten one or two of those words. Um, Meridian, we'd probably guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sensory. I, I think I could have guessed sensory, sensory yeah, yeah. but um, outside of that, that Maybe would have been. response. But the autonomous part, because it's a two-party thing. It's mm-hmm. somebody making noise and somebody listening. There's yeah. nothing autonomous about that. Well, I'm, I'm thinking it's just what it elicits in you, is that like uh, your body's having the autonomous sensory uh, meridian response. Mm. So uh, I, I, that's what I'm assuming is those videos are supposed to act activate asmr in their listeners oh so it's the listener who's having the asmr yeah exactly not the person masticating masticating yeah (laughs) right yeah the masticator is just enjoying their food whereas the listener is experiencing the asmr so anyway with that bit of information uh stay golden coco i like that ending Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. 
If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.